ding, 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 33. I mean, come on. Like, could you be more obvious? Welcome to episode 146 of the Barnhart Podcast. We've got another special edition today. Um, it's Anne and Nurse Claire. And Nurse Claire, girl, um, I, I, you got some things that you need to say. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Always. All always. right. I can well, always <laughs> fill a whole podcast with stories. <laughs> well, let's... Tales let's, from the crypt. Tales from the crypt, right? Well, yeah. let's let's jump in right away. Um, everybody who doesn't... Who, who might be first-time listeners, Nurse Claire is a high-ranking, multi-decade nurse on uh, east of the Mississippi in a major metropolitan area. And um, she is on the ground... Um, and let's just start with, um, what are you seeing? Mountains of dead bodies still? Mm, well, define dead bodies. <laughs> are <they? laughs> So, uh, what I see is, uh, vaccine side effects. Mm. I don't see COVID, but I see, uh, there's a, just all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And I have nurse friends throughout the United States and some in Canada that I'm in touch with daily. And they're, I mean, the stories all just, they're so similar. They're so similar. There's no way this is coincidence. But Nurse Claire, let me Mm. stop you. If there were anything wrong, if there were a problem, what wouldn't the government and the authorities just come out and tell us? How, how How can you say that there might be a problem here with these injections and the government says it's fine. What, how do you respond to that? Oh, have you met our government? <laughs> um. <laughs> They're almost as reliable as the college of Cardinals. <laughs> uh, the, the old, the old running joke of, Hey, we're from the government. We're here to help. It's a joke for a reason, guys. Like yeah. you really trust these people. Um, PAC funds and lobbyists, particularly those that belong to big pharma, have completely co-opted, I mean, every politician's on the take, let's face it. The FDA, um, the FDA is on the take. These people don't care about your health and well-being. They care about their, their profit margin. Yep. And speaking of which, I I think we can, we can talk about that. Actually, um, with regards to how ivermectin would cut into the profit margin. Oh, what, 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 a, what a graceful segue you just made. Yes, let, <laughs> let's talk about ivermectin because there's just all kinds of news coming out within the past few days about it. Um, first, it started with the province of Goa, India, which is a uh-huh. relatively small um, state in India, but because it's India, there's like 40 bajillion people there, you know, even in the smallest state, but they came out and they said, um, we are giving ivermectin away to everyone 18 and over, come and get it, take it as a prophylactic, we're doing this. And I'm like, praise Jesus. And then I look up this state of Goa, India. Sure enough, 
Goa, India was a Portuguese colony. Look this place up online if, if travel ever becomes possible for any of us ever again. This place is absolutely gorgeous. I have never had any desire oh, yeah. to go oh, to, yeah. to India at all. I would go to Goa, India. Beautiful, mm -hmm. gorgeous Portuguese beaches. colonial architecture, gorgeous white sand beaches. Mm -hmm. This place looks awesome. And it's it's culturally Catholic. I, I think a lot of people don't realize there's a bunch of Catholics from way back um, uh, down in the southern part of of India. And it said, who went to India? Um, St. Stephen, I believe, is the one who is supposed to have gone to India. And I, I think several other, uh, not several other of the apostles, but several other of the very important early church fathers Mm -hmm. made tracks for India. Um, so there are lots of Catholics there. And now, today, just a few hours ago, I see a story. The most populous state in India has now said, we're on board with ivermectin. They haven't said they're giving it away to absolutely everybody for free, but they said, we're on, we're on team ivermectin now. So that's super good news. And what we've been chatting about um, in our little chit-chat group with Vanessa and Mark Doherty and all of the other uh, partners in crime, we've been talking about the fact that um, people are, are, are looking at this and saying, why? Why wouldn't the government do this? Why wouldn't Big, big Pharma do this? Why wouldn't they give people access to this drug? Not only that, why are they trying to character assassinate this drug and make it sound like, oh no, this could be this could be deadly if you take it when it's literally the, the it's I think it's the safest drug in the world by the number of doses that have been given. Estimates right now, 3.7 billion doses to humans since it was approved in the late 1980s basically no side effects on this drug. I know of. I mean, I'm taking it on the down low. So, oh, yeah. Oh, I, th I think everybody <laughs> in our circle is. Everybody. Mark, yeah. Mark is pounding the uh, green apple horse paste. He's he's on uh, team pony paste. Um, you know me. I'm 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 going the injectable route um, dissolved in in certain fine, fine spirits and beverages. Um, but it, it, this is one of the safest drugs in the world. What in the world are they doing? Why are they character assassinating this? And then, I, I, you know, you stop and think about it, and you think, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If everybody's taking this stuff, and this stuff can knock out, even, even if it's half, half of colds and half of flus, you feel a little something coming on, and we all know you have a several-hour window when you feel something coming on or you've been around someone who's got it, and you're like, oh, man. Here it comes. If you could get people, if you could give them a completely safe, over-the-counter drug that they could take and knock out 50% of the colds and flus in, in the first world, oh, I looked up uh, the size of the over-the-counter cold and flu remedy market. I mean, imagine going to the grocery store or to Walgreens or Rite Aid or whatever your pharmacy is, and the, the rows and rows and shelves and shelves and shelves of drugs that treat symptoms. So you've already gotten sick. You're already sick. 
You've got a stuffy, runny nose. You've got a sore throat. You've got a cough. You've got a fever. You've got muscle aches, yada, yada, yada. You're already sick. All they're selling you is drugs that treat those symptoms. What if there was a drug that keeps you from getting sick in the first place? How big in dollars is the cold and flu remedy market as it stands today? $47 billion a year. Cut that in half. Okay, Big Pharma is going to do anything and everything they can to keep any drug that will cut into the cold and flu symptom remedy market, which is a massive profit margin market for them. They're making a hell of a lot of money off of it. They will do anything, anything, including watch Western, the, the post-Christian West be completely and totally economically destroyed and, and put everyone underneath the jackboot of totalitarianism. They will happily stand by, facilitate, and watch that happen sooner than they will let a drug come onto the market and be available to people to knock out half of the, half of the cold and flus that people get to, in order to defend the income of that market. The evil that we are talking about here is, it's something that that most people just simply cannot get their heads yeah. around. I was going to say, it, it it is such a, the depravity of it, I think a lot of people can't even conceive in their mind, and that's why there's so much willful denial, like people just can't even understand. Um, and yeah. it, it's vaccines, too. Would, would, I mm. looked up the vaccine um, that market's profit. bigger, isn't it? It's bigger than the over-the-counter cold and flu. It's something like 50, 50 or $60 billion um, in revenue. Yeah. And so, so, and so you say, well, in this deal in COVID, they're not making any money off of it because it's all free. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 my dears. They have been paid billions of dollars mm -hmm. already by the federal government, which means uh, by you, either through your tax revenues or debt, obviously, that the government takes on, and that all comes out of your hide. They're leveraging, your life is already completely leveraged. They're now leveraging the lives of your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. So it's, it's all money comes out of a human hide somehow, some way, sometime. And that's what they're doing. Oh, oh, they're making, this is the biggest, this must be the biggest revenue boondoggle that Big Pharma has ever, ever, ever experienced. It's probably, as you talked about on episode 144, the Dos Equis episode, 14 grand for every single human being who walks into a hospital in the United States because they put BS, what do they call it? COVID, what do they call it? The PIC pneumonia. No, no the, on on the chart in your in oh, your um, hospital. Positive COVID screening. Positive COVID screening. Kaching mm -hmm. fourteen grand. Mm -hmm. Oh man, it's mm -hmm. so wildly corrupt. So yeah, that's that's the whole ivermectin thing and story. And 
more and more and more people are coming online to this. More people are talking about it. And eventually, I don't know, the, the dam's going to have to break somehow. Merck is the major producer of it. Merck has been giving it away in the third world for decades. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if there's going to be enough of a public outcry that that the the psychopaths running big pharma corporations are going to say, okay, we'll do this. Um, all I know is that I'm buying, I'm buying the livestock injectable 500 milliliters, half a liter at a time in big glass bottles. And I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on a lot of it right now. And if this fall something happens and people start, you know, with the shedding and all of that, if, if, if what we've been theorizing about and speculating about, if it, if it, comes to pass. And we also know that this fall, there's going to be another cold and flu season too. Yep. We've so, already I mean, heard rumblings. They're laying the groundwork to play up the flu season, the upcoming flu season. They're already telling us to prepare for the worst, how bad um, next year's flu season is going to be. So get prepared for a hard push for the flu vaccine as well as um, the COVID vax. Yeah. And do you think they'll, they'll pivot back to influenza to try to like change it up and keep it exotic and keep keep people scared? <laughs> At this point, I would say anything is possible yeah. with these people. They're just psychopaths. They're yep. liars. So um, but like I said, I, I'm already hearing at work and seeing memos and emails um, that going to be a bad flu season. How, how in the hell would so, they know that? That you've I, never been able to predict it before. How in the hell do you know what what's going to be, what's going to happen this fall? And, oh, we know that there's going to be some some terrible mutation. Oh, Really? There's only one way you could know that for sure, Anthony Fauci, with your right. gain of function Wuhan. Yes. There's only one way. Oh, language alert. I'm going to have to write that down for super nerd. <laughs> language alert. <laughs> so that that's that. Now let's talk about um, shedding and all of that. We've been talking about, and everybody's been talking about, the protein spike shedding. Talk about that. What are you seeing? What have you seen on the ground since we recorded 144? Well, what I have seen is a concerted effort to debunk these reports of shedding, which who couldn't have predicted that? I mean, and I want the listeners to understand that sh shedding from a vaccine is a very real phenomenon that does occur. Oh, yeah. Um, Previously, we believed that it was limited only to live virus vaccines, but what we find is that that's not necessarily true. Um, chickenpox vaccine can shed. People who receive chickenpox vaccine are typically advised to avoid others for, I think, around 14 days that have um, a compromised immune system because they can infect them. Um, I think a lot of our listeners are, are old enough. Like I, I got chicken pox naturally. I was, our generation yes, is too. before and yep. I'm 44. You're 44 too, right? Right. Yes. Okay. So we're both 44 and we got chicken pox regularly. We had no engagement whatsoever with the chicken pox vaccine. And I think a lot of our listeners are probably the same way. All, most kids in the U S get this thing now and 
And when the little people get it, the parents are told, keep the kids away from someone who has cancer, someone who has had an organ transplant, mm-hmm. um, obviously someone with AIDS. Um, that's mm-hmm. the definition of being immunocompromised. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people don't realize that, that it's, and why is it? Because when they get it, they are shedding the virus just out invisibly out of their body, probably, probably exhaling it maybe through evaporation through the skin. I mean, who knows? Virus particles are absolutely tiny as we've all been talking about for the last 15 months with regards to the mask nonsense. So it's coming out and if someone is immunocompromised, if an adult is immunocompromised and picks up the chickenpox virus, guess what that turns into? Guess what that is in adults? You know, you notice that adults don't get chickenpox. You know what adults get? They get shingles, which is apparently shingles can be so bad in some people, especially elderly people, that it's it drives people to suicide. It's that painful, that bad. So, yeah, shedding is real. What's new and exotic in all this, because this is an RNA vaccine and we're talking about spike proteins and all that, is that we aren't talking entirely about live virus. Although, you know, I'd like to make the point. None of us actually has any idea what in the hell is in any of this. Nope. Nope, we don't. And how how would you? Do you have the capability to take a vial and then go perform a chemical assay on it and and see what's actually in it? None of us have the ability to do that. We are completely at the mercy and trusting these people, and they are murderous criminal psychopaths, many of whom are are eugenicists and or um, Malthusians who want to reduce the human population by some, some of them want more than 90% and want it done quick. And we are 100% trusting them as to what's in this. We don't have any idea. And then the two, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca they contain adenovirus, right? Yes, those are viral vector. Those are not mRNA vaccines. Those are viral ve- viral vector vaccines. Um, so the DNA, it, it is, um, it's still, it's kind of hard to explain. It, it is cultured in or, or um, transmitted in adenovirus. So um, there's different viral DNA present um, in those vaccines. So I'm not entirely certain that some of the outbreaks of illness that we've seen recently haven't been related to um, adenovirus shedding from the J&J vaccine. Right. And again, it's certainly plausible, I think. Who knows? Who knows what it is? Who knows if Fauci has done any any gain? Fauci et al. have done any gain of function on any of that. None of us have any idea. And then what's the news this week? So far in the last 48 hours, what, seven members of the New York Yankees, despite being fully vaccinated, now have the coof and oh uh, and bill maher bill maher Maher. yeah Yeah. couldn't have happened to a nicer person right (laughs) fully vaxxed but all ill 
good. And I hope they so, start. And, you know, Marr does have enough of a mouth and does have enough of a streak of independence about him. I can see him saying, well, you know, WTF, w- w- what is the point of this at all if I go get this thing and then three weeks later or four weeks later, here I am sick with it. Isn't, isn't the point of a vaccine that you don't get the thing? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like smallpox and polio and all of that, it's, it's sterilizing Sterile immunity. immunity. Mm-hmm. You don't get it. You don't give it to other people. It just, it, it's game over, you know. Polio is basically game over, certainly in the, in the, in the Western world. And um, smallpox is eradicated. The only place that smallpox exists anymore is quake and tremble and fear is in the kind of bio labs that Anthony Fauci is funding. And, oh, you'll love this. Um, I just found out not too long ago, guess where they are building the new, uh, like, level four super, super duper used to be on um, an island off of Long Island, I think, somewhere, but then they shut that one down and they're building a new one, a new um, weaponized virus research lab. Yeah, level four bio lab, yeah. Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State University, my my old stomping grounds. And the people used to be put in the middle of nowhere for a reason. Yeah, the previous one was on an island. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. just unbelievable. And they're, they're putting it right exactly in the middle of the United States and right exactly in the middle of food production country. I mean, look at a map, folks. Manhattan, Kansas, it's right there. So isn't that fun? Um, let's see. So we've talked about shedding very, very real... Um, Oh, you had a an interesting bit of information that we've been trying to confirm, haven't gotten it yet, but if we hear anything, we'll definitely keep the lead, the listenership updated about something weird going on in Africa. Mhm. So with the the quote unquote shedding, um the trans whatever's being transmitted from this vaccine to the unvaccinated. I think if people recall from the last podcast we did, the largest manifestation of that seems to be menstrual irregularities in women. Some of them are bleeding very heavily. Um, I know women who are changing their sheets every two hours at night because they're bleeding so heavily. Um, And some of them have no menstrual cycle at all. there is a nonprofit in Uganda called I Am a Girl, and it is a nonprofit for women and girls in Uganda trying to help them out. And part of what they do is provide um, feminine hygiene supplies. One of the organizers of this does a podcast and also has a mutual friend of mine. And she was saying she received notification from Uganda that they have a reduction in their need for feminine hygiene supplies because they have um, a drop-off in the number of menstruating women. Wow. So I have emailed this nonprofit, and I'm waiting to get confirmation. But this was, I mean, this, this was one of their organizers in a podcast said this. Yeah. So... I don't have written confirmation of it, but um, so it's sort of an anecdote, but it's 
but I mean, that's all we can go on. That is all point. we have right now. And I see there's certain people from Trad Inc. Uh, on Twitter who want to shoot down any of these sorts of situations by pointing out that ah, that's just an anecdote. It's just an anecdote. Please understand that this is a rapidly evolving situation. We don't have time to do randomized controlled trials of everything. And also there's an active suppression. Of course. Uh, the, can the cancel culture is very, very real. And there is an active suppression of information that um, if it wasn't for anecdotes, if it wasn't for social media, which I'm not a big fan of social media, but in this situation, it has allowed physicians, it has allowed nurses to connect with each other from all over the United States and actually other parts of the world and say, hmm, I'm seeing this, you're seeing that, the official narrative doesn't quite match. Yep. So if we didn't have these anecdotes, we would be in big trouble. We would have, there would be a complete blackout. Of well, I'm, I'm sure that the CBS Evening News is or the NBC News or ABC News or CNN is going to be breaking the news about a statistically significant reduction in the demand for maxi pads in <laughs> Uganda. I, I'm right. sure that they're going to lead tomorrow night's evening news with that. I mean, well, how naive can you be? Exactly. But since you brought up the news, mm -hmm. um, there's another little piece to that that I want to point out to the listenership. When a medication is experimental, when it, it like these, and I mean, I use the word vaccine very loosely. These are not real vaccines. They are genetic agents. Mm -hmm. Okay. These injections are uh, being distributed, we've talked about this already, under emergency use authorization. They are not FDA approved. Therefore, they are classified as experimental. When a medication is experimental, it is illegal to advertise that medication. So you're not seeing commercials on television or ads in print media for these medications because mm -hmm. it's illegal. And the media then has taken on the task of advertiser because ah. of, as we've mentioned before, I think in the last podcast, um, so much, so much big pharma money funds the, the media corporations yeah. in the United States. Oh, yeah. And so if Pfizer didn't have Chris Cuomo and people on CNN stumping for their vax, they would just pull all of their funding out of CNN and it would literally collapse. They have no ratings. So we know that they don't function on ratings. No yeah. one watches CNN. They function on advertisers. And one of the biggest advertisers is the pharmaceutical industry. Specifically and erectile so dysfunction drugs. <laughs> I mean, they, Correct. Pull, pull the Cialis, pull the... Um, what's the big one? Viagra, pull all those ads. Uh, that's non-trivial. And they're absolutely, they're, I would say they're holding it over their head, but I mean, holding it over their head, they're all in bed together. They're all on the same team. So quite literally. Yes. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> if you 
wonder why your local news is pushing the vaccine so hard. Mm-hmm. It's because they're not able to advertise. Mm-hmm. They can't run a commercial. So the news has effectively become just one big advertisement. A uh, brilliant point. Brilliant point. Thank you. Oh, man. Never it, that never really occurred to me in quite that angle. Uh, fantastic. Oh, man. Just in, it's just enraging, but we keep going. That's why we're doing this. I told you that's why we need to record. And w- there's just so much to say. We got to get this info out. And after 144, I mean, I think 144 is over 11,000 downloads just on Podbean. So people, people are really interested in what you have to say and the information that you have. So God bless you for sharing it. Um, let's see. There's next thing I want to talk about is you have a little something to say about this whole deal of, um, people, including bizarrely, some of these, some of these trad Catholics coming out and saying, well, this is the, this, this quote unquote vaccine, it's all totally morally, morally licit because it's a remote cooperation and it's desperately needed. I want to preface the remarks first by saying that no, it is abject bullshit to say that it's desperately needed because it has a 99.97% survival rate. So And there's treatment. And, and, there's, and treatment. there's treatment. And there's ivermectin. So that is just, that is categorical for these people, including the trad Catholics, to come out and make any sort of an argument about how we have to use this even though there's remote remote cooperation with abortion this is this is an emergency we absolutely have to do that that argument gets shot out immediately out of gets shot immediately out of the shoot but you want to talk about specifically the the error of the whole it's okay to use um use tissue from abortions because it's remote cooperation. You have some things to say about that. Yeah. So I think everybody's probably heard those arguments. Oh, the abortion happened in the sixties and it was just one or it was, it was from 1970. Um, that is not factually accurate there. So to develop these cell lines, that originated from those babies, there were multiple abortions that were done, first of all. So um, those were not single isolated abortions. Number two, these cell lines don't go on forever. Yeah. So at some point, more uh, abortions need to happen to replace those cell lines. Um And there are people in the pro-life movement who have been working to expose this. And I think this COVID situation, I mean, God, we know, writes straight with crooked lines. He'll use anything um, for good. Mm -hmm. And that is one good thing that has come out of this whole COVID debacle, I think, is that the veil is being lifted on a lot of um, the numerous ways that the pharmaceutical industry, specifically the vaccine industry, is inextricably linked with abortion. Yeah. Um, David Delayden and the Center for Medical Progress, they've done a lot of work in, in exposing this. And one of the things that came out recently was um, a, a study that was done, I, I believe it was published in September, at the University of Pittsburgh um, that where they were 
using fetuses that were five months gestation. Mm. So these were 20 week pregnancies and beyond. Um, they were harvesting these babies that were born by, um, they were being aborted by the mothers were having their labor induced. And then these children were being delivered and, um, their scalps, this, this is so terrible. So maybe listener discretion, um, their scalps were being removed and grafted onto mice. Mm. Um, and it was a study, I believe looking at, um, wound infections, or I can't remember exactly. I looked at the study and obviously it has nothing to do with the COVID vaccine, but it just goes to show you that these sorts of medical research things are ongoing. They are happening. And although the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines do not contain aborted baby DNA, now the Johnson and Johnson does, um, those vaccines were tested, tested, yeah, on mice that were injected with thymus glands mm-hmm. from babies. Now, that's not something that happened in the 1970s. No. Okay, so these are children who are being murdered in abortion, having their parts harvested, and in fact, um. The University of Pittsburgh, I believe, is under FBI investigation for some of this because it looks as if there was a quid pro quo going on that they had their um, university um, OBGYN, um, you know, faculty department members working as abortionists at Planned Parenthood. So they were they were referring patients to Planned Parenthood, doing the abortions on them, and then sell it. Planned Parenthood um, was selling the aborted babies to the tissue bank at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, one of the people who oversaw the IRB committee of these studies is an actual abortionist in Planned Parenthood, which, yep. which is illegal. Um, so there was all kinds of things going on. And there was a hearing in the Pennsylvania State House last week that all of this came out. Mm-hmm. Well, I know some people that live in Pennsylvania. And I said, did you know about this happening in your state house? Nope. Never heard about nope. it. I, you know, we now have the internet. So I don't have to live in a certain place to look at what's happening there. I can get on local news channels anywhere in the United States. So I searched some local news channels in Pennsylvania. No coverage, no media coverage of this at all. They'll tell you where to get a vaccine. They'll tell you how many people have been vaccinated and all of that, but they're not even letting the taxpayers of Pennsylvania know that this happened in their state house last week. So to all of these um, theologians who want to <laughs> armchair you know, theologians even <laughs> armchair theologians the professional catholics and even some priests that i've seen on twitter yep. who want to beat the faithful into submission by telling them that it there it is their moral obligation to take this vaccine and that the abortion link is so remote that it's basically insignificant and and doesn't matter at this point. That is a false narrative. And do not let anyone, do not let anyone tell you otherwise. If you don't believe what I'm saying, you can look this information up for yourself. 
there are pictures on the internet of this study that was published. Yes, of this study that was published at the University of Pittsburgh showing baby hair, infant hair, their fine, beautiful corn silk baby hair that Mm -hmm. that these newborns have growing on lab mice. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'll be in the show notes. Don't worry. And I think it just, to me, the the naivete, okay, we've all, especially trad Catholics, we're all aware of the David Daladin operation, all of the expose, um, what's his name, Project Veritas. He, he had video exposes of Planned Parenthood executives sitting around, you know, detailed negotiations, charts about we pay $750 for a liver of a child at this stage of gestation, all of this stuff is is laid out. We'll pay this much for kidneys. We want, we'll pay this much for this. Daladin exposed all this. What in the hell do you think that's all about? Do you honestly think that all of the testing and all of the crap that's going on with regards to vaccines and, and other, other uh, big pharma projects as well, do you honestly think that that's all using one one line from one abortion that happened in, you know, 1960-whatever. I mean, what in the hell do you think Daladin right. was exposing? I mean, the, the, the failure to connect that for these people, to me, is just is unbelievable. I mean, what, it's right there in front of you. And then, you know, the other thing that occurred to me is, you know, if you went to somebody's house... And they had um, the one of the famous lamps that one of the Nazis made out of human hide from Jews that were killed. Would you be okay with that because that was 80 years ago? Is, is, is that sufficiently far enough in the past that, that you'd be fine sitting and reading under the light of a lamp with a human hide lampshade on it? Well, it was 80 years ago. It's, it's, it's remote cooperation. What's the problem? I mean, the, the church says if you were to ever find something like that or come across something like that, that needs to be given a burial. And that's one, that's one, of, the, um, that's one of the corporal works of mercy is burying the dead. If you come across human remains like that, that are not, you know, obviously relics in the church are something, are a completely different category. If you come across some atrocity like that, where um, human remains are being used. There are, um, there are pagan tribes that make um, musical instruments, like a, almost like a percussive shaking rattle type instrument out of human vertebrae. That, those, <gasps> those remains need to, be, need to be buried. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's 300 years old. I don't care how old it is. That's a human being. What, it doesn't matter. This whole remote cooperation thing is just people desperately, desperately trying to find an excuse to justify all this. Justify going along with a, with a Luciferian political religion with anti-Pope Bergoglio sitting at the co-head of this thing and for a for under the guise of a completely utterly morally necessary 
experimental injection because of a seasonal cold virus that has a 99.997% survival rate. This is one of, this argument is almost as stupid as the um, Francis's Pope argument. I mean, it's just, it's, it's that level of disconnect and not being able to see what's obviously right in front of you. And interestingly, in Trad Inc., it's kind of all the same people. Shh. Ugh, awkward. <laughs> awkward. But then, you know, the other thing is, is, okay, so we're talking about how the news media, will, mainstream news media, will never, ever, ever, ever report any of this. Okay. So then, like, someone like LifeSite News picks it up. Well, then these same people will say, well, LifeSite, they're not credible. This process will just keep going on and on and on. Whoever it is who keeps picking it up and picking it up and picking it up, they'll just keep saying, well, that's not credible. <sighs> what, what, what the hell do you need? How much evidence do you need and who has to deliver it? Yeah, are you going to wait for, for Joe Biden to call a press conference? Joe Biden can't even speak English anymore. Is that what you're waiting for? A nice standard you got there, you know? It's, it's the unmeetable standard, and all they want to do is defend their own position. And frankly, I think at this point that with so many of them, I think it's a point of pride that they're wrong deep down, and they know they're wrong, but they can't admit it, and so they just have to keep making these these ridiculous, ridiculous arguments trying to justify what is clearly unjustifiable. <sighs> Dismount soapbox, girl. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, let's see. What's next? Um, oh, and I, I would also add, you know who funded that study at the University of Pittsburgh? Fauci. You betcha, baby. Of course. Yep. That yep. money came from the NIADH and crossed his desk. He signed off on that. Of course he did. So there's your boy. Yep. Yep. I mean, people say, well, Fauci, <laughs> interestingly, if I recall correctly, Fauci is literally the highest paid federal employee yes. in the United States. Guys, oh, and it's like 400, I think it's 400,000 a year. That is nothing compared mm -hmm. to what he's getting on the back end. And I suspect that a lot of those people are being paid in kind, meaning they're not being paid in dollars. They're being paid in, shall we say, other um, activities, experiences, and commodities that truly evil satanic people take part in. So he's already admitted that he totally hung out in the gay bathhouses in the 1980s. But understand, he was only doing it to research how AIDS was spread. I mean, you know, you know. He, he was <laughs> just an observer hanging out in the gay bathhouses of San Francisco. Yeah, right. Dude's a well, perv. He, he, yes. Oh, of course. Of course he is. Yeah. But he also published a paper, I don't recall how many years ago. Um, it was when SARS... Uh, was a big thing in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. He talked about hydroxychloroquine back then sure. and has now walked back. I mean, he's he's at a minimum hypocrite, but why do you think he would walk that back? Because Trump talked about being, it. Well, he's being paid to sure. advance a certain narrative. Yep. And that, that brings me back to um, what you were saying also about the moral theologians, the armchair theologians, and the priests that are bullying people 
um, into taking the vaccine because it's so necessary and they're downplaying the abortion. Like, it's not necessary. We have the treatment with hydroxychloroquine early and ivermectin, vitamin D, Mm -hmm. um, zinc, all of these supplements to enhance your immune system. You know, we spend... I don't even know what the CDC budget is. Billions of taxpayer dollars go to the CDC a year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's more than millions. I'm sure it approaches oh, a billion dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah billion yeah. dollar mark. Why do you think? So we know that this has a 99% recovery rate, but there are some people that have gotten sick. Has anyone looked at why? Has anyone looked at why some people have mild symptoms? Yep. And some people end up on a ventilator. No one in the CDC has bothered to even look at this. But you know who did? Indonesia, a third world dump, mm-hmm. is making us look bad. Oh, yeah. They did a study and they didn't look at everyone who got COVID. They only looked at the COVID patients who were sick enough to require not even just hospitalization, but ICU admission. Mm-hmm. And they found that 96% of them were deficient in vitamin D. Mm -hmm. We could have fixed this a long time ago. All of the elderly people locked up in nursing homes, if we would have supplemented their vitamin D, we could have saved, and even during regular flu season, we could save people for just a few bucks a week supplementing their vitamin D. And the fact that these... that seasonal colds and flus are seasonal anyway. And I mean, you can set you can set your watch by the seasonality of colds and flus. We're in right now, May is when it all just it literally drops to zero Uh within about a three week span in the northern hemisphere. I want to know what exactly this mechanism is. Is it just purely um, people getting out into the sun? Is it the angle of the sun that, that helps um, vitamin D production? Is it, does it somehow, does the angle of the sun somehow um, uh, kill viruses that are just, you know, sitting on surfaces and, and out and about? Does it have a sanitizing effect? Is there an increase in ultraviolet radiation due to the seasonal movement of the well, sun? Any of that could be. I, I think you just have simply have more hours of sun sunlight. Yeah, I think so too. You know, it's not dark at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. Exactly. Um, but people still need to supplement because yeah. the literature that I've read is unless you live along the equator, you still can't possibly get enough sun mm-hmm. to make all the vitamin D that you need. So you still, I'm taking 10,000 units a day. Wow. Um, And the other factor that is now in play that wasn't, say, 100 or 150 years ago is our Western diet. Mm -hmm. There have been studies that have clearly demonstrated um, sugar inactivates vitamin D metabolically. (laughs) How many people are consuming just gross amounts of sugar in their diet? And I don't necessarily mean a Krispy Kreme, you know, your free donut that you get with your vaccine. Sugar comes in all other sorts of forms. If you eat too much fruit, I mean, fruit, it is natural, but it is also nature's candy. It contains a lot of fructose. And if you have a diet high in sugar, your vitamin D 
is going to be metabolically inactivated. So that you're not going to see the immune system enhancement. Um, and it's the same with all the SPF that people are using. We have turned the sun, which is part of God's creation, into this thing that should be feared. And yeah. really, that's not the case. That's um, right. 20 minutes of sun on your skin per day without SPF is very beneficial yeah. to you. Yep, absolutely. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, the very first uh, podcast you did um, what, or maybe it was the second, it was the one that it was you, me and Dr. Beep. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was Dr. Uh, Beep is, one. or was in the Republic of Texas, uh, the Republic of Texas at the time. And he said, and he's like general practitioner working it, you know, he was working the halls of the hospital, dealing with the people coming in with the coof. And he said that 100% of the fatalities that he had seen, and this was was a while ago, this was last year, 100% of them were all um, overweight, many, many of them diabetic Mexicans. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I mean, again, the point you make, why are none of these questions even being asked, investigated? You would think that they would have some sort of interest in this? No, all they want is death and fear. They have no interest in solving this <laughs> as if it even needs solving. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a seasonal cold and flu, you know, but solving in the sense of, you know, what can we do to ameliorate this? What can we do to reassure people who have been brainwashed into thinking that this thing is literally the black death and it's not? How do you, how do you, what information can we give to people? They have zero interest in it because it is a political religion. It is a totalitarian putsch and none of that makes any difference. They want as many people dead as quickly as possible. This this is a multifaceted call. You have not heard anything out of your government, anything from any of these people, Burks, Fauci, none of those people about how to keep yourself healthy. Yeah. You haven't heard anything about nutrition oh, oh, and except diet. except the mask. Except, you know, it, it, strap a filthy, disgusting... That, exactly. Their, their concept of exhaust. keeping yourself... Yes, the concept of keeping yourself healthy mm-hmm. is has been the advice that we've been given is a satanic inversion of That's what right. is actually healthy. Ah, good point, yep. The only thing that they say is is something that's specifically going to probably make you sick. Um, Right. If if you if you don't page, I saw something um, something broke today. Some story. I'm sure this will be suppressed. Um, Even just surgical masks. 20 minutes is about the limit that you're supposed to wear those damn things. And then ideally yeah. you should be changing it because it's, it's collecting so much crap coming out of you. Filth. It's filth. absolute filth. It's your exhaust. You know, I, I was sitting talking to an older lady um, in a restaurant um, a few nights ago, struck up a conversation and you know, she, we're talking about this and she's got her damn mask. And I said, ma'am don't wear that damn thing it's filthy and i said to her and i I said it in exactly these terms do you eat your own 
Oh, then, why, then why do you think that it's a good idea for you to breathe your own exhaust? It's basically the same thing. It's a diaper. It's, it's a face diaper. It is literally a, fa- yep. a face diaper. Um, that 20 minute thing on the surgical mask, I learned that in anesthesia school. I learned that in the early 2000s when I was in anesthesia school, that the mask after 20 to 30 minutes becomes saturated with the water vapor present in your breath and it is not stopping anything. We know this. We've known this for years and years. And I can remember sitting last year watching all of this unfold and thinking and people putting masks on and them telling us to put masks on. And I'm thinking this is, I mean, I knew right then that this was a farce because these people aren't stupid. Tony Fauci's evil, but he's not dumb. Exactly. He knows. They know damn good and well. Yep. Face diapers are not going to do anything. And then over the summer, we started to see all the dentists coming out talking about the horrible mouth diseases they were seeing all the dermatologists discussing all of this crazy infections, skin infections and rashes from the acne diapers. Yep. Yep. And I just worked with an ear, nose and throat surgeon last week who, and this guy is a complete COVIDian. I mean, totally on board with Mm -hmm. all of this. And he even admitted that we're causing illness by forcing people to wear masks because what is he seeing and all the other guys in his practice? Fungal, fungal maxillary sinusitis. Oh my gosh. Fungal. And it's difficult to treat because it is a fungus. Yeah. Now for the listenership, um, why don't you just quickly remind everyone, why do you guys in 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 the operating theater, why do you wear masks? The purpose of wearing a mask inside of the operating room has never been to suppress viral transmission because Mm -hmm. a virus is, I mean, respiratory viruses in particular are very, very small. This virus is 0.1 microns. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's extremely small. The reason we all wear masks is to prevent us from being splattered. Splattered. Primarily, Um, or, you know, if you're standing at the operating room table and someone's abdomen is open and your spit flies out of your mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, large droplets, Mm -hmm. but, um, which does happen. It's happened to all of us when you're talking. Yeah, it does happen. But, um, generally whatever, if you, if you do sneeze or cough, it comes out the sides. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So in the operating rooms are specially designed with the HVAC, the ventilation system to turn over the entire um, air in the room, a minimum of 15 times an hour. And it's a basically a wind 40. tunnel in there. It is basically a wind tunnel. If you've ever been inside of an operating room, it's even hard to open the doors because it is like a wind tunnel and the doors um, sort of suck. Suction, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's easier for us to breathe with a mask on. It's not like wearing it out in your house or in your car or in a building now that has just regular conventional um, circulation. My gosh, I don't know how these people are doing this. I've worn a mask on my face for 18 years. I've never 
ever um, felt like I was suffocating like I do if I have to have a mask on in an airplane, for example. And in fact, isn't it true that before all of this crap started, that if you had a mask on outside of the surgical theater, that some um, enforcement person would tell you to take it off? Yes. As soon as you walk through the threshold of the operating room and out into the hallway, even where the, where the sink is, where the scrub sink is, mm-hmm. you have to remove your mask. We've done that. That is the way we have practiced prior to me ever even entering this profession. You don't walk down the hallway with a mask on. And it was well known that they're so filthy and disgusting. You would remove it as soon as you walked out of the operating room door and you threw it in. The, there's a trash bin there. You threw it in the trash. Yep. And you put a clean one on to go back in. There's a whole big box that sits right outside the yeah. door and you're encouraged to change your mask frequently throughout the day. We're certainly not walking around with someone's old chopped up t-shirt on our face for right. 10 hours. Yep. Yep. And so, I do know of an ER nurse, you know, they don't wear mask in the emergency room. And this woman was wearing a mask for 12 hour shift she got bacterial pneumonia, was on a ventilator, I think, for six days. And her son was so frustrated because the hospital kept testing her for COVID and testing her for COVID and testing her for COVID and insisting it. She had to have had COVID. She never had COVID. She had bacterial she had pneumonia. bacterial pneumonia, yeah. And I'm sure it was because she was sucking wind through a filthy bacterial-laden rag yep. that was plastered on her face. Yep. All in the name of your health. Your health. And once again, just reiterating, if you think for a second that Tony Fauci and all of the rest of them don't know everything that Nurse Claire just said, you're you're out of your mind. You're delusional. Of course, they know all of that. This is it's all this is all a uh, it's all a plot. It's it's oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, I'm a, I'm a conspiracy realist, man. If it's happening right in front of you, you've got to, you've got to be able to call it out and not just say, well, I'm not going to say anything because I want to be moderate, moderate, be moderate for the sake of, of moderation. Um, no. And Barry Goldwater would also disagree with that, um, that sentiment. All right. Um, let's get into the last big major topic. Um, you have been doing, getting on some very uh, interesting in a disconcerting sense, um, conference calls and Zoom things um, with people out there who, when you, first of all, when you hear what they say, they're saying a lot of really disconcerting things and they're, they're allegedly on the, you know, on quote unquote our side, which is why you get onto these things, then you, you start listening to what these people are saying and red flags are going up right and left. So why don't you tell us kind of what you've been seeing and hearing? Well, some of the, some of the loudest voices um, against the vaccine have some pretty colorful and interesting associations. Um, I, I was on a, a Zoom conference with some of the the leaders of this movement, and what they say medically um, isn't necessarily false, but then they launch into these bizarre comments about your energy, your chakra, mm. your your frequencies, 
your Mm -hmm. positive frequencies and your positive vibrations and your consciousness. Let me tell you something. Consciousness, mindfulness, those are big buzzwords Mm -hmm. and they're big red flags. And so um, you scratch the surface of these people and what you find is some really deeply rooted new age um, connections. Yeah. And, and outright occult too. I mean, like pentagrams and yes, they have oh. formed uh, some of them, and it's not all of them. I don't want to implicate all of them, but they have formed um, a website called the Academy for Divine Knowledge. <laughs> red flag, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, just right away, it's super weird. So I get on this website. And the logo is is sort of um, Freemasonic. Mm-hmm. It has a pyramid to it, but then there's another pyramid over top, and that one's inverted. It kind of resembles a pentagram. And then you start reading the bios of these people, and some of them are psychics. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are, are into yoga. Mm-hmm. And so they'll throw out some truth nuggets about COVID, about the vaccine, about ivermectin, ivermectin, this, this idea of vaccine, vaccine transmission and the shedding that's happening. Um, And they're not necessarily lying to you, but they're very, um, I would be very cautious. And I think um, we are living in a time where there are deceivers all around us. Yeah. yeah. And we know that even the elect will mm-hmm. be deceived mm-hmm. if our Lord doesn't shorten these days. Right. And so everything that you read, everything you listen to, you must pass through a very heavy filter. Yeah. And you should be praying before you even get on the internet. Um, because we don't want to be blinded. We don't want to be tricked. We don't want to be deceived and we surely do not want to be led astray. And, um, this Dr. Carrie Madej, um, David Ike, um, Oh, Ike, uh, he's nuts. He's been, yeah, I've had people, he's ever since part of this group, ever since I first got internet famous, I've had people emailing me saying, you need to go on David Icke and oh my gosh, and you would get so much traffic. Like, absolutely not. No, never, under no circumstances, absolutely not. And when I first when I first burned the crayon, and I had people emailing me all the time, they wanted me to come on this and such podcast and blah, 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 um, or radio show. And I had to spend an enormous amount of time like background checking all these people. Almost all of them were totally disqualified kooks, you know, neo-Nazis, um, a- space alien, um, underground civilization. I mean, these people, I don't, I, some of them are crazy. A lot of their audience is, I think, um, schizophrenic and just believe anything. And a lot of them are grifters. And so the, the one link that you sent me, um, and you click on it and it's 
I mean, the grift is so obvious. It's we have the secret knowledge for only $33 a month. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Yeah, I mean, it's like, could you be more obvious? It is. And, you know, the, oh, and what they're kind of starting with and where you can see this is clearly going with these people is they're going to start saying, and I bet you Alex Jones will be the first one um, hawking this. We have the antidote. We have the antidote to the vaccine. And we, we have the secret medicine and, you know, it, it, it's and it's probably table salt or something. I literally knew someone who got tangled up with um, a witch doctor, chiropractor, nutritionist who was just clearly a grifter. And the and this person was was taking this salt and they said, well, I, I got this salt and I have to put this salt in my water and drink this salt water. This is very special, special salt. I have to have this. This is an essential nutrient. I have to have this. So I picked this. So I picked the the thing up and I looked at, at the ingredients. The ingredients are on it. It's table salt. It's table salt with a little bit of mag chloride in it. Then I get yeah. on the internet and I look this thing up. And this person, it's is selling. Oh, the price of it: two ounce container, two ounce container of of basically table salt, $28 Yikes! for two ounces of table salt. I looked up the commodity price of salt that day, $45 a ton. And then I I extrapolated out and calculated how much this person had paid per ton for that salt. It was $455,000 for something that sells commodity price like retail commodity price 45 bucks a ton um yeah and then you get on the person's website this and this is even worse one of the marketing points on this is we call down spirits upon Mm -hmm. everything that we ship out of our out of our office um those are called demons and that's right. real. And demons are legalistic bastards. And if even if some complete um, Looney Tunes chick who new age chick who thinks that she's thinks that she's some sort of a shame a shaman or something, demons don't care. If if you call them down, they're coming and they're staying. And I was just like, what what in the hell is going on here? You're paying four hundred and fifty five thousand dollars a ton for demonic cursed salt and this is what this is what you think you need to be doing these people are such such grifters and you can see that's where all of this is going we have the antidote and and it's just it's gnosticism it's the it's the occult it's grift and you know, I, I, maybe some people listening to this will say, "Well, Nurse Claire and Anne, you're just you're just jealous. You you want to you want to have people listening only to you, and you want all the audience. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, <laughs> Nurse Claire wants to hang out with her kids. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go to mass, and you know, I'm right. doing my anti-pope crusade and all of that." 
the hell we don't we don't want or need to be doing this we don't care we want good people to have massive huge audiences i mean we're we're trying to refer people to the no agenda podcast and mo facts and anyone else who's putting out quality content even every once in a while joe rogan will say something good and interesting and intelligent <laughs> knock yourselves out this isn't about, you know, we want all the audience and we're trying to, you know, hamstring people who are quote unquote competition. <laughs> well, yeah, Nurse Claire, you're so financially, uh, this is such a big financially lucrative thing right. for you, right? <laughs> I, I have a big statue of Our Lady of Fatima in my living room and right next to it is my reading chair. So believe me, there's a lot of other things that I'd rather be doing in the evenings when my kids are in bed. I, I, I don't want to be dealing with this, but I feel compelled to speak up because I see people hanging on to these leaders in this um, anti-vaccine crusade. And now I'm starting to see, I, I believe that you're right and there's going to be a grift trying to sell you some kind of antidote. Mm -hmm. But the other piece of this that I'm noticing now over the last, mm, I don't know, week maybe, is this Nuremberg 2.0. Oh, We're going to yeah. have tribunals. Fauci's going to go to the gallows. Just wait. So guys, really, this smacks of like Q type yeah. of stuff. Okay, and I don't want to see um, good, faithful Catholics get wrapped up in some false hope. There's no one saving us. Except our Lord, <laughs> exactly. Our Lord is the only thing, and the only our Lord is the only thing that's going to save us. Not these people. There no. are no saviors here. And be wary of someone who shows up telling you that they can fix this or they have this solution to this. They're going to put the screws to us and make things so difficult that you will beg for a savior. You will beg for someone to save you and rescue you. And that's when, potentially, when the Antichrist could show up mm -hmm. or some force that's going to lead you astray. Yep. It's going to get difficult. There's no doubt about that. Pray for discernment and wisdom and pray that you never flee the foot of the cross and don't follow these people that are going to tell you they're going to have Nuremberg yeah. 2.0. There's, there's some, I, I'm just seeing these little subtle hints here and there mm -hmm. um, that it, it's very occult. It's very new age. And it's starting to smell like Q. It's yep. got that thousands of sealed indictments feeling to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys, how many weeks out are we from the the Q debunking, um, the basically the exposure of Trump? I mean, how that's only a few weeks ago that that happened, and you want to go dive into the next iteration of that? Yeah, I'm still waiting for Hillary Clinton to be frog marched in, in an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> Remember how we've been hearing that like weekly yeah. for how many years has that been going on now that they, they're going to be arrested? The Clintons are going to be arrested any day now. It's so we're going to start hearing about Fauci's going to be arrested. We're going to start hearing about Bill Gates is going to be arrested. I have absolutely no idea who would do that. That because every government organization on basically every level that I can think of is so wildly corrupt, 
I can't even imagine who would be enforcing any of those laws, who would be trying these people. And, they, and don't, yeah, like Nurse Claire said, guys, don't fall for this again. I mean, especially not this quick, because there, there's, there's not going to be any argument that I can make if literally a few weeks after QAnon is debunked and the whole Trump thing is debunked, that if, if you go diving into this again, I, I, there's no justification that can be made. Okay, if, if you're that blind, then you are going to have to sleep in the bed that you make for yourself. So Nurse Claire is absolutely right. Keep, you got to keep your head on a swivel in all of this. Um, and the last thing that I think we need to talk about is it's kind of related to all this. The A lot of these people are talking about the whole notion of mind control. And oh, yeah. I think what started all this is that there are, in fact, these videos going around of people who are, can stick a magnet to their injection site and it, it sticks and there's more and more and more of these cropping up. You said that you knew you knew someone, um, a nurse who had bought some magnets just to you know go around and see. Have you heard anything mm-hmm. out of that? I have. So it's interesting what people are seeing is that people who have most recently been vaccinated, the magnet seems to stick to their arms, and people who were vaccinated several weeks ago, the magnet doesn't stick. So I don't know. There could be some theories there. You know, is the vaccine all just not disseminated throughout your body? It's just right there under your under your skin still. Um, or are some people getting injected with placebo? Um, I that I believe could be very plausible. So I don't know. But even if they are microchipping us, I don't, I don't know that I think that that's. I don't think so. I don't think so, but don't believe these people who tell you that this this transhumanism that you're somehow going to to not be human anymore yeah. if you take this vaccine. The vaccine is very wicked. It's got a link to abortion. It is going to make people sick. It's already made people sick. I can sit here and fill a whole other hour long podcast talking about the side effects that I've personally seen with my own eyes and ears. Um, but it is not going to somehow turn you into something that is not a human being. That's right. That's not possible. And it's not going to give anybody, and it's not just in the context of of this quote unquote vaccine. People have been talking about this in conspiracy theorist communities for years and years and years. Government mind control, the government reading your thoughts. This This makes me so angry because this is such a failure of the church to catechize people. And it's such a a spectacularly gross ignorance of the philosophy of nature. And it's, it, it betrays the fact that even a lot of trad Catholics have a deeply materialist um, worldview and perception, especially with regards to their bodies. Guys, nobody can read your mind except God. It is not possible. Your your guardian angel cannot read your mind. All of the demons cannot read your mind. Only our Lord 
can see your thoughts. Only he is inside of your head and knows your thoughts, and they're still your thoughts, but only he is like in there and can see them. And in fact, scripture even says that he knows, he knows each of us better than we know ourselves. He has a more deep and, and I mean, he has an infinite knowledge exactly of exactly who we are. And the problem that people have is that they don't believe that there is, that there's a soul. They don't, they don't understand, especially with regards to, you know, the, the philosophy of nature that we have a body, that we have an intellect, and we have a will. The intellect and the will are non-corporeal. So where does the brain come into all of this? The brain, first of all, um, if you, <laughs> I knew someone who went to a wedding and was sitting next at the reception next to a literal brain surgeon. And, you know, they'd been there at the wedding for a while and everybody had had a couple of drinks. And my friend leans over and and says to this brain surgeon, he says, look, well, I'm sitting here next to a brain surgeon. This doesn't happen every day. Tell me the truth. What, what the hell is the brain? What does it do and how does it work? And the brain surgeon looked back and said, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. We have basically no idea. And, and that's largely true. They, they have a little bit of knowledge about where, you know, like the default um, vision cortex is and where the default olfactory cortex is and where this is and where that, that is. But then also that's all completely fluid because people can get huge, enormous brain injuries or stroke and the brain will completely rewire itself. So even, even that is all very fluid. What we actually know about the brain and how it works is very, very little. Here's what nobody talks about, because this, is, this requires a, a Catholic worldview. The brain is basically some sort of a machine that works as an interface between the non-corporeal aspects of a human person, that is the intellect and the will. What it, or you can put that under the general category header of the soul. Somehow, the brain is brokering that relationship. Science refuses to talk about that, think about that, acknowledge that could even be a possibility because according to uh, contemporary science, we have to be complete materialists. And all there is is the physical body and all we are is an accumulation of cells, molecules, and atoms, and we're just machines, and that's all we are. That is, of course, wrong. As Catholics, we know that that's wrong. But you'd be surprised how many people, deep down, kind of have this materialist, materialist worldview, and they honestly think that the government can somehow read their mind or inject them with things that are going to turn them into zombies and take control of their will and cause them to believe things, do things that they would not do otherwise and that you would then cease to be yourself and you would, you would cease to be a human being. This is, this is profoundly heretical. If, if you believe that, <sighs> I'm going to question whether or not you are Catholic or have a sufficiently firm grasp of the Catholic faith, because that is so completely contrary to the, everything about what the church teaches and 
who, who we believe we are as human beings, that is rational intellects, and who we believe that God is, and who we believe that, that the angels, both the holy angels and the apostate demons, both of them, who are they? What are they? Um, we're all rational intellects, both human beings and the, the angelic uh, of both, on both sides, and of course God is God. Um, but this whole notion that we're just, we're just machines, well, they've, they've inserted things into mice and modified uh, mice be mouse behavior, blah, blah, blah. M mice aren't rational intellects. They don't have um, a will. They don't have a soul. Animals do not have those things. We do. It is not possible to read thoughts. It's not possible for the government or anybody else to get into your mind. And if you, if you believe that and you're falling for that, you are standing in firm opposition to absolutely foundational concepts of the one true faith. So I would encourage you to, to seriously stop, think about that, and if you need to, you know, seek out resources online about uh, the philosophy of nature and all of these questions about the, the interrelationship of the body, the intellect, and the will, you really, really, really need to do that so that you don't get tricked into believing all of this garbage. Well said. I agree. Absolutely. Have you ever had any conversations with um, neurosurgeons or anything like that? Not on that level. <laughs> My conversations with neurosurgeons um, typically happen inside of the operating room. And uh, yeah. It's, is the person still breathing? Yeah. <laughs> I try to pay attention to what I'm doing and let the uh, locker room talk happen. Mm. Have you ever seen, um, do they call it open brain surgery? Have you ever seen... Have open. I seen a brain? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Lots of times. Ooh. <laughs> you're, you're so <laughs> macho. You're <re> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Just stop. You're my hero. <laughs> no, 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 no. Humility. No. <laughs> but, yeah, don't let these people convince you that uh, this they're turning you into a machine. Um <laughs> No. Also, don't let them talk you into doing all of the things that we were opposed to in the first place. I, oh, yeah. I see these yeah. because of the concerns about shedding and vaccine transmissibility. Um, these leaders are playing upon that fear and and talking about what we should we should demand that those who took the vaccine be quarantined from society. They should uh -uh. be rounded up. Um, no, nope. we, we were opposed to lockdowns and quarantines, um, for COVID, you know, wearing a mask and distancing yourself from these people. If they are shedding a protein, a mask is not going to it's save you. It's not going to do anything. Yeah. Incarcerating yep. these people and locking them up nope. is not fixing anything. No. Um, I appreciate the concerns. I have the same concerns. The vaccine rolled out in my workplace on December 17th. Um, so, and we just found out about this idea of shedding, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So 
I've been hanging out with vaxxed people yeah. in close contact. I mean, I go to work and I'm required to wear scrubs provided to me by the hospital that are shared among my coworkers and then laundered at the hospital and redistributed among my coworkers. I don't know if this stuff comes out in the wash. Right. I have no idea. I'm wearing scrubs that other vaccinated people have worn. I don't know what I'm absorbing through my skin. Um, I don't know what's what I'm inhaling, what I'm ingesting. I went out to dinner with my husband a few weeks ago and the waitress trots up to the table with a big button on her, her shirt that says, I got my COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not going to escape this. Yeah. So don't buy the divisive rhetoric. Yeah. There, there's a, a satanic inversion happening here. Yep. Um, so again, be very, very discerning. And I would also encourage people to just stop and think about the example of the saints who went through actual pestilences and plagues, the, the literal black death, which was just hyper contagious and killed, what, a third of Europe at some point? How many saints are there who rolled up their sleeves and went to work? And a lot of them knew that it, they would die, that it was a death sentence, that they were, they were walking into their own death to go and help and minister and nurse the sick. Because remember, it was the church for a long, long, long time who mm -hmm. was the primary caregiver, the primary um, provider of all medical treatment, everything. And if you don't believe me, just look at the fact that more than half of hospitals are still called St. Joseph, St. Mark, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because it was all that was all the church's province up until <laughs> the middle of the 20th century. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And then it all got shifted onto the church being a middleman and a for profit middleman laying it all off on the government. And here we sit, of course. So um, the example of the saints is, is that you don't run from you don't run from this and you don't bother because like Nurse Claire just said. You're, you're not getting away. You're not getting away from it. It's, it's, if that, if that garbage is happening, it's, it's already a done deal. Oh, I know one thing that, and uh, finishing the thought, we should look at the saints as our model. They rolled up their, their sleeves. And in some cases, they literally laid down their life for their fellow man. They laid down their life for their friends. No greater love hath man than to lay down his life for his friends. That's what I'm going to do if, if that's what's going on. Segwaying into the point I was just about to make, um, we said in 144, I think, we kind of made the point that, well, if, if this fall, if this crap starts popping up, and people start having cytokine storms when they encounter coronaviridae in the wild in this next upcoming fall cold and flu season, there's, there's not much you can do. It turns out you have some new information that in fact, ivermectin prophylaxis and treatment can help if you have some sort of a cytokine storm situation. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would... Look, I, I would take ivermectin once a week or every two weeks mm -hmm. from now until I don't know when, because I, I would say until we're out of this, but we're not getting out of this. Um, 
I would just continue to take it. I would, I would, because, um, I did have that article. There was something I'll try to find it and, and link it in the show notes about, um, the mechanism of action of ivermectin with the cytokine storm. So that's good news. That's good news. We know that there is something and, you know, we're not saying it's a magic potion we, and we, we don't know for sure. And we don't even know for sure what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to no. happen within the next 24 hours. Things are moving so quickly. But I did want to go on the record with that, that, yeah, it, it turns out that it just might help with all of that. And like Nurse Claire said, a lot of people are just, oh my goodness, you know, they go to the tractor supply store and, it's, and they're big, I've talked about this before, big BS signs, you know, this could be fatal if you, that is the yeah. biggest BS, they're lying. That is straight up lies. Ivermectin is one of the, is, like I said, it's probably the safest drug on earth. And people are saying, well, it's a good, it's good terrible uh, burden on your liver. Uh, no. Aspirin, way heavier burden on your liver. You know what has a super, super uh, <laughs> heavy burden on your liver? Tylenol. If any of y'all take Tylenol, every time you take Tylenol, your liver is just like, oh. Do you guys know mm -hmm. that Tylenol is the number one, Tylenol plus alcohol is the number one means of suicide in the United States? In a Tylenol suicide, I've seen plenty of them. It is a horrific yeah. death. It's one of the most painful deaths. Mm -hmm. It is because of the uh, fulminant hepatic failure, the fulminant liver failure. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. In fact, um, I have on occasion even found myself wondering how Tylenol is so readily available over the counter because it truly is dangerous. It really, really is dangerous. And guys, like I said, it is the number one method of suicide in the United States. Not blowing your brains out, not hanging yourself. It's Tylenol and uh, like a fifth of vodka or something. That, that'll mm -hmm. do it. If you, take, if you take a bottle of Tylenol and a fifth of vodka... Unless somebody gets to you and pumps your stomach, you are going to die, and you are going to die in in unspeakable, yes. unspeakable agony. Um, and people do it all day, every day. It's it's incredibly sad. Um, so, but going back to ivermectin, ivermectin does not put some horrific strain on your liver. You're not gonna. In fact, I found the overdose. I finally found the overdose of it. Um, you know, in documentation somewhere, <laughs> the overdose of ivermectin in, in terms of like the solution, the, the livestock injectable 1%, the overdose of it is 100 milliliters, which is the average size. If you, if you order a glass of wine, the average pour of a single glass of wine in a bar or restaurant is 100 milliliters. That's how much you would have to drink of that stuff. I mean, you'd have to just be an absolute imbecile to do something like that. But that's how, that is how easygoing it is. So yeah, you could take it. And people, especially people like Nurse Claire, who are working in, you know, healthcare and in hospitals and so forth. Heck yeah. Why, why not take it once a week? It's not going to hurt you any more than like, taking one Aleve a week is going to hurt you or one aspirin a week. Of course, that's not going to hurt you. You can, you can stand that very easily. Um, 
So I'm, I'm not going to go once a week. At this point, what I've started doing is I'm once a month. And it kind of works out well for ladies because there's a really easy way for a woman to remember to do something once a month without <laughs> getting into detail. And so I've just started doing that. And then my mindset is, and this has happened once so far, if I feel anything in my, you know, tickle in my throat or anything kind of deep up in my sinuses that isn't allergies. I know what allergies feels like because I've had allergies enough. That, that's a whole different feeling. But if I feel anything that makes me even the least bit suspicious, I'm going to take a dose of ivermectin. I'm going to take my normal, you know, one and a quarter uh, cc's and no biggie. It's, it's just no big deal. We should, like the Indians are saying right now, Everybody should have a bottle of this stuff in their medicine chest anyway. Everyone should be doing this anyway. So oh, yeah. Um, back to the India thing. Did you know Mexico City did the same thing? Yeah, I just saw that. I just 22 saw that. 22 million people. It's one of the most populous cities in the world. In 22 the world, million yeah. people. And they are also distributing ivermectin. Yep. And they've reduced their hospitalization rate. Yeah, apparently Which, they don't I want mean, their population yeah. dead and their economy ruined. Hmm, imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. So um, it is the apparently United States and Europe um, that are actively suppressing ivermectin. Yep. Well, we're going to so, keep fighting and we'll see how long that lasts. I mean, they they can't hold this information back forever. And, and it seems to me that it is getting some momentum. So let's all pray that this momentum keeps going. And hopefully this podcast will help be part of that too in a, in a small way. Indeed. All right, my dear. We're, we're <laughs> at an hour and a half. Everything is checked off of my list. Is, is everything checked off of your list? Uh, I believe it is. All right. Yep. I think. Oh, I was. I was just going to give little, little um, skits of my in encounters with uh, side effects, but people can check my Twitter. I think. I think I've tweeted about. The oh no, you of can't tease. You I've can't seen. tease people. You have to uh, just go down. And just read the list. Just read the list. Well, um, we certainly are seeing strokes and blood clots at a rate that I don't recall ever seeing them. Um, we, uh, for example, last week at work, there was a patient that came into the emergency department with a pulmonary embolism, and they wanted to bring that person to the operating room to try to um, stick a device in there under fluoroscopy and retrieve as much of this clot as they could. Mm. Um, I, that same day, that same day, I got sent to the cardiology department to sedate a patient having a transesophageal echocardiogram where we put an ultrasound probe in the esophagus mm -hmm. to look at the heart. And typically we do that to look at the function of the heart. Are the valves moving appropriately and, and, um, and so forth. But this was because we wanted to evaluate this woman and see if there were any clots in the chambers of her heart. Why? She's 56 years old. She had her second dose of one of the two MRNA vaccines. And four days later, uh, 
developed swelling in her hand. Her fingers started to turn black. Mm. So she was flown to our hospital where they found a large clot in her arm where she emergently went to the operating room and had that extracted. But um, she also had thrown a clot to her brain and had a stroke. So she had clots all through her body. Um, four days after a second dose of the vaccine. Yeah. Um, there's a, a nurse I'm in touch with in Colorado who reported that um, she had a 23-year-old patient who was dizzy following the vaccine, dizzy for days, so dizzy he fell and hit his head. Mm. And when he came to the ER to have his head injury evaluated, lo and behold, what did they find? clots. Mm -hmm. So this is happening. This is happening. I ran into a guy from my parish last Friday, just out on the street. And he said something to me. He was very distressed. And he said, you know, I, I know two people this week that got that vaccine and they both had strokes. Mm -hmm. It's, it's everywhere. It's happening everywhere. I see it with my own eyes. Like this is not a hoax. Yeah. Um, so don't take the vaccine. Don't do and it. if you have if you have friends and family that are thinking about it, you've got to educate them because the medical establishment is bought and paid for by big pharma and they want you taking the jab. Yep. The and the media, media and the media is all part all of, of it. it. Yep. You're not going to if you're waiting for some some report on the CBS evening news, you're you're out of your mind. It's never going to happen. Nope. So, all right, my dear. I think we should wrap her up. Um, as always, thanks to our mutual friend, Super Nerd, who does all of the production, even when he's not on it, and, and even when he's not on the episode, and one might even say, especially when he's not on the episode. So God bless Super Nerd. His website is supernerdmedia.com, and he does have um, a PayPal button there and uh, donation instructions if anyone would like to throw a little love his way for producing the podcast and for keeping my website up and running and uh, defending it from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Um, thanks to all my donors. Needless to say, mass is offered for you at least once a day, every day. Um, so even if you're having a bad day, it can't be that bad because the holy sacrifice of the mass was, was offered for you. And remember, no purchase necessary. Um, batteries not included. <laughs> um, it, anybody, you don't have to be a donor. Anybody who who is a supporter or a friend, or if you if you'd like to just say a hail mary for me, why I have an agreement with God, you're going to be on the list, and you'll be on the list forever. Even if you decide someday that you hate me, uh, everybody once you're on the list, you stay on the list. So you get the the holy sacrifice of the mass offered for you every day. So, um. And, oh, as always, the Matthew 17, 20 intention, fast twice a week if you can, and today is the Feast of the Ascension, so today, it was, it was sad at Mass today, because after the Gospel um, and before the Creed on Ascension Thursday is when the Easter candle is extinguished for the last time. Oh, it's kind of sad to see it go, but mm-hmm. don't worry, we've got, we're Our coming Lord up on Pentecost. And so we'll get the octave of Pentecost and uh, the Holy Ghost is coming. So hang in there, everybody. We're still in a we're still in a joyful period. 
But the Matthew 17, 20 intention, fast twice a week if you can for our fourfold intention that anti-Pope uh, Bergoglio be publicly recognized and exposed as an anti-Pope and the whole thing be publicly nullified. That Pope Benedict XVI Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living Pope since April of 2005. That Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, not rooting for anybody's death here, and that he someday achieved the beatific vision, and it is possible, even though I suspect that he could be the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist, he also could be the um, the anti Judas Iscariot. He could be he could be the guy that that undoes his sin at the end. Um, so you have to pray for his soul, even anti Pope Bergoglio, absolutely. In fact, especially for him, and um, pray for Pope Benedict Ratzinger that he repent of anything he might need to repent of, that he dies in the state of grace in the fullness of time, whenever that may be, and that he also someday achieves the beatific vision, and that we all make it and we'll all be there together, and uh, we can all spend all of eternity pondering pondering God and uh, having a heck of a good time, I, w- I would assume. So that's our fourfold Matthew seventeen twenty intention. Nurse Claire, as always, thank you. Absolutely awesome. Thank you so thank much you for, for your time me. and your generosity and your incredible information. We all really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. All right. We'll have we'll we'll have you back because we have to do another oh, uh, Dos Equis <laughs> episode with the girls yes. again because that was right. that was too cool for it school. Was good fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. So until next time, I'm Anne. Thanks, guys. God bless. 